Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field, or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. Have you been in a career for a number of years and have always thought about trying something new, but never did? Tonight, we're going to talk to somebody who finally decided to take a new career path. Let me introduce you to Lita Mann. Hi, Lita. How are you doing? Hi there. Good. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I think that there's a lot of people out there that have been in your situation and that really are in your situation right now. You can really inspire and motivate a lot of other people. And so that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why I want you to share your story with everybody, um, because I think so many people can relate. So if you could tell us a little bit about your career, how, how and where did you start? Well, I was doing some things actually in the music business as a young woman, and I made no money. And my parents uh, finally said to me, you know, $50 a week isn't really going to work out. And so my mom suggested sales. She was in sales, introduced me to a person like kind of like yourself at the time, only maybe more of a, you know, a recruiting company. And I talked to him about a career in sales. And I thought, well, you know, they say they make a lot of money. I like to talk a lot. And I was also one of the things I did for uh, the music business was I helped them get membership lists by collaring people at the door and being very persistent in getting them to sign up for these mailing lists, surveys for them and stuff like that. So I wasn't afraid to just go to people, you know, knock on the door or say, hey there, you know, uh, this is what I have. And I'd like you to really sign up for this mailing list. And I was really persistent and really good at just getting them to do that. And then um, I liked, I always really liked working on the phones. I, I always felt like you can get anything you want if you're not afraid to pick up the phone and call people. And I worked, I used to work the phone book like the internet. So then I kind of gradually just grew into it. And my first sales job was out of college with a trade show management company. That's how I got into sales. And then through that career path that you took, were there moments when you were thinking, you know, do you want to stay in what you're doing or do you want to move into other areas or were you happy and content along the way? Well, you know, to say happy and content, was I ever? Um, no, I I had, um, it seems to me like what I was really attracted to and what I kept changing and growing more into was marketing and advertising. And so the bulk of my career was spent in that. So starting with the trade show management, and they also managed association publications. So I sold some advertising, I sold trade trade show space. 
and coordinated all the stuff that went with that and pulled in endorsements from all the associations, et cetera, et cetera. So not to dwell on that too long because there's a long career there. But from there, I went into a company that sold magazine advertising. After that, I ended up at the Yellow Pages when it was the 9X Yellow Pages, um, when people still knew what that was. Minex <laughs> used to be the phone company. And, um, and uh, then from there, I heard about a job at the Buffalo News. My husband had a friend who was leaving there. I don't want everybody saying, oh, her husband got her the job. Because my boss at the time didn't know my husband. It was a huge place at the time. Sensitive point. And um, so I ended up running the new business development department at the Buffalo News. I worked there for 11 years. 10 years, 11 years. And I started with the new business development department, which had two people selling at the time and grew that department into 10 people from about $350,000. We ended up doing over 2 million in the time that I was in that department. And I stayed at the news. I love the news. That was, that would have been my favorite job. It was just a great time, a great group. You know, it was like a big family. Then from that area, I was in real estate advertising handling some of the large, the major real estate accounts there, selling their advertising and so on. After that, marketed, I went into kind of a real estate thing because that's what I'd been selling. And I met some people and worked at their company, helping people market their homes themselves. That was that was brief because they were going through some things there that, you know, changed the ownership and just my situation changed. And I ended up selling telephones for my home for a couple of years. So there was like this couple of years where things were sort of in flux. After this long period of being at the news, Ellen Barry, those two together were a big chunk of my career. Then I had like a job that was a year, two years, a year, you know, and they weren't really selling marketing related or it was kind of a little bit scrappy. Mm-hmm. So then I fell into um, my last position which was at Emedco where they manufactured safety products. I actually didn't fall into it. I was I had been with a manufacturer for 10 years, handled their all their sales and marketing, branded their company and just did all kinds of things there. Uh, that job was eliminated while I was out having a little surgery. <laughs> so, heck of a way to go, but it was it was time anyway. From there I did go to Emedco And to me, that felt like advertising again, because their biggest product was signs. They did a ton of custom signs and then things you would expect, OSHA-related traffic signs, all the kinds of things you see when you're walking through a factory or really anywhere, exit, uh, lines on the floor, footstep shapes, um, wear protective equipment, you know, OSHA-related and other types of safety and directional signs and so on. And to me, that felt like advertising. And I really liked that. And it was a really lively group of feisty people. And um, we had a lot of fun there for a long time. That was all phone. So yeah, it was all was inside all phone, sales. Outbound. It was inside sales, all outbound calling. And the only inbound we took was our customers calling us back. We didn't do like inbound 800 number type calls. You know what I mean? Right. So I was there for uh, eight years, and then um, we had the pandemic. You really enjoyed that when you were there. I I did. For a long time, I really enjoyed it. I liked the place a lot. I really liked the people I worked with. Then they changed up management a few times while I was there. 
got into some sales systems that would, you know, like what everybody does now where you're, you've got dialers automatically giving you your leads and tracking everything and everything started to become about metrics. So on one hand, they loved what I did. I was, you know, I got a lot of, not to sound inflated anyway, but I got a lot of praise for how I worked with people, how I went about selling in the step-by-step and all the training I had over the years, I felt, you know, it really did well for me. But as things started to turn more and more towards pile up the numbers and speed, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to really be able to develop relationships with people, um, I started to enjoy it less. And, you know, I wanted to do everything they asked. And I really worked hard. And um, I was starting to think, you know what, this is like, it's not doesn't feel to me like it used to. So I went like that for actually a couple of years. I started to feel like that. Did you have any thoughts about other ideas of things that you might still like to try at that point? You know, I was like really not sure. I thought, well, I have all these skills. I have all these things I know how to do. You know, what kind of package do I put those in? Do I want to go through the trouble? I love the people here. I love the company. I love the place I'm in. The build, Literally, I liked the atmosphere of the building and everything. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of nice amenities. I really didn't want to leave that. You know, it was a comfort zone. So I would start to put together a resume. I made a few calls. I talked to some recruiting people, actually the ones who got me the job at a Metco. And they were going to look at some things for me, but they had this idea that, you know, it was going to be like executive office manager or something like that. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'm just really not that unhappy. You know, I I just never did anything about it. Well, and, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to being comfortable in yeah. in where you're working it's not it's not bad it's enjoyable you like the people you you like the company as a whole but but there's just a part of you that it's changed over time and you yes. can't really put your finger on it but you know yes. that you might just feel like trying something different the biggest part yeah. i think is getting stuck and not pushing yourself to take that step you know what happened to your position when the pandemic hit well, we came home, uh, I believe it was March 13th, we started working at home. I think that was the day. Yeah, that was yeah, probably the day probably for a lot of people. 13th or 14th, we yep. came home and started working from home, which I, I actually really don't mind doing and kind of enjoy. Um, so then we were just plugging away because everybody was in a strange place or they were closed or they were working from home. And, you know, so on one hand, there's this huge safety problem going on and there's things people wanted, but a lot of things they just couldn't even think to talk about. You know what I mean? They were just, it was just so hard for everybody at that time. So I was working at home for a week or two. No, no, it was more like a month. The time seems like it just flashed by, Yeah, but it was more like a month. And then my boss, you know, he would do phone calls with each of us individually every week to see how we were doing. And, and he called me up. We had our, our talk after lunch that day. And he said, um, unfortunately, the reason for this call isn't a happy one. I got laid off. Wow. So just like that, um, I didn't expect it. He was a newer boss there and he was great. I knew that 
we weren't always, the company and I weren't exactly on the same page at that point. It wasn't in a combative way or, sure. you know, anything like that. So what I was really going through him. your mind when, when oh my you God, hear those I don't, words? I, it was like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, my God. And and the HR manager was on the phone with him. Oh. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, you get this from everything just started to collide in my brain. And I was like, you mean you're going to do this? I said, I literally, literally said, you're going to do this to me during this terrible time. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I don't think I actually shrieked like that, but. I, I said those words and I don't really remember a whole lot of what I said after that. It was just kind of tumbling out and yeah, I was trying to ask questions and they were being very, well, my manager was upset. He didn't know any of it was coming at all. They didn't even tell him until oh. like right before he called me. So she was very kind and patient and read everything to me that had to be, you know, spelled out and, I finally said, okay, she was going to send me a package of stuff. They offered me a decent severance. They were going to take care of my health care for a couple months, you know, on Cobra. I said, you know, I'm okay. I'm going to hang up now while I have a shred of dignity. I really did. And I really said that too. And I was like, I was like, I'm just going to hang up now. Okay. And they were like, okay, you know, that was it. Boom, done. Wow. Never got to say goodbye to my friends in person. I texted or called you know, most of them I got to talk to on the phone, but I've never seen any of them again. Wow. Never got to talk to them. So what do you do? What do you do at that point? You, you, well, you hang up and you shriek. And my husband said, you know, he came up and he knew things were going wrong and he was standing by waiting. Oh. And I, I think I, I think I blubbered for a few minutes and kind of a, you know, hysterical way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a oh shock. And then I just sort of, you know, you, you feel this cut loose sort of free floating, not in a good way feeling. <laughs> so, um, you know, he said, you know, look, maybe this is for the best. You've been thinking about it anyway. Just relax. So it, I really was only able to just kind of relax and regroup. I, I'm not the kind of person that sits around much on I wish I did more, but I think I, I think I took the next, the rest of the week off, so to speak. It was a Tuesday. And I think through that week and the weekend, I kind of vegetated and pulled out some old resumes and just kind of set my desk up. And so how do you mentally stay upbeat? You're in a pandemic, you get laid off, you're not quite sure what your next step will be. How, how do you mentally stay you know, positive through that? Well, fortunately, my husband is retired and was here. And we've always had this thing, this humor between us. And so he was so supportive. I was so glad he was here because if I needed to go turn around and hug someone, there he was, you know, and we, we we made jokes like we always do. And, and I just started to go at it. I just got busy. Yeah, he's sn- he's snickering in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> what I always do is I go forward. I tell my son and when he was growing up and had times of trouble, I said, don't sit there in it. Take action. Do something. So I did something. I pulled out my stuff. 
I read all my old resumes and all my old, old, old letters of recommendation. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So that made me feel better. But when I looked at my resume, it looked so outdated and so packed with stuff and just, ugh. I was I was going to just try to sort of edit it. And I was like, oh, oh, God, it's horrible. What do I do? And I went on, created a new Indeed thing, you know, a whole new account. I did go on LinkedIn, which you helped me with so much because I went on it. And I was like, I have three accounts and they're all different. <laughs> and I couldn't make any of them work. You know? I remember that time. I remember that. And I was like, oh, my God, it's even worse than it used to be that I remember it from the last time. The only other time I had looked in recent years was when I left the uh, spa cover manufacturer after having surgery. And I was out of work, what, two months then, two? The longest I was ever out of out of work in my whole life was three months. And it was like, it's not something I do. It was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be out of work. So then I thought, well, maybe I'll retire. We've been very good with our money. I think I think I could retire. So I sat down for a couple of days and pulled everything out and did my budget and looked at everything. And I went, okay, I can't do that. <laughs> like, it's not too far away, but I can't do that right now. Now Social Security is looking a little crappy. Okay, we don't want to do that yet. Went back to the files with the resumes and I just started looking around. I got on Indeed. I looked at listings. I made you know, saved a bunch of listings, looked through websites and started searching out things like resume services and career counselors. And, and I think that happened in, I think I actually started to talk to you in the end of April, didn't I? I think so. It was about two weeks after I lost my job, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at that point I had kind of no organization at all in my mind of how to go about it. I just knew I was older. I wanted to change my career completely. I thought anybody that looks at my resume is going to go, oh, sales. Oh, we can't pay her enough. I wanted to, I thought, well, I want to work from home. That would be really nice to work from home. And anyway, it's a pandemic, so it seems likely. But would I be able to find something for my busy brain? Because I, I need to be busy and I need meatiness. I can't just go, you know, all day long. You know what I mean? Sales <laughs> yeah. can be competitive enough. Oh, absolutely. So um, I was just convinced nobody's going to hire me. Those were the down moments when I'd let myself remember I'm this age now and my career is this long and people are going to go, oh, if she started working at this job on this day, you know, and they want to know, when did you graduate from college? Oh, when it was first built, you know, I mean, <laughs> come on. So I was like, who the hell did hire me? So um, I thought, oh, it's, it's all over. I'm going to have to take some very entry level type of job, or I'm going to get pushed right back into sales. And it, in fact, found myself pulling sales listings and saving them. And I was like, no, not going to do that. And then at, at that point, I had read a bunch of websites and I called Byron Dibble, who did my first resume with me. And then you right after that. What was really good about it was, first of all, that he talked through my entire career with me and just built me up so much, which I really needed. And I was like, wow, I guess I do know how, do know how to do that and that. And just because I do this, it actually entailed knowing how to do that. You know what I mean? So yep. it was like, 
there was, I felt like I needed to remember what there was to my career makeup. Yes. It made me feel really good. It was quite voluminous. It was a really huge resume and and that was that fit the personality byron's personality is very educated and and said no put it all in there it's impressive don't cut your resume short and all that stuff and and i feel and yeah actually he was right not to cut it all down and but you just kind of took it and you took me in hand (laughs) (laughs) like when you look back during that period of time are there things that's stand out for you that really worked, that that really helped you step by step get to where you need to be? You did mention that you wanted to change careers, but you didn't mention what that career was. What what were you thinking to I wasn't sure what it was okay. because I wanted to keep working with people, mm-hmm. um, which everybody goes, I like to people, you know, people person, all that, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I I really like to help people. I like to have relationships with people and help just, you know, find out what do you need? How can I help? To me, that's, that's a real thing. So I think that actually, when I finally said, I need to talk to someone about how to do this, when I finally reached out, starting with Byron and working with him, and through this sort of autobiographical process and then, you know, looking at everybody that was out there doing career consultation and your, your site and everything, the way you wrote things that were on there just really appealed to me. Those were key things to really get me going. Cause at that point, all I had done was I struggled with LinkedIn I had gone through a whole lot of job listings and made some notes and saved some and put little hearts on some of them and all that stuff you do. But I hadn't actually sent out a resume at that point. And I was getting into like a couple of weeks. Okay. So I had to, I had to call someone and I, and I called Byron and I called you. And those were key things to reach out and get some advice from someone who could see from the outside. One of the messages that comes out of that is you're not alone. When, when you get into this kind of situation, right. feel very alone when it happens to you. But it's amazing how having a conversation with somebody else and, and looking through their eyes at a situation looks totally different than your own perception of where you're at. You know, that's something that career coaches do, recruiters can do, you know, just friends can do. They can look at your path and pull out all your strengths. Every, you know, everything that you've done, you're just so used to doing it, you don't look at it as a strength. Right, right. And, you don't remember that that's what it is. It's so automatic and natural. Yeah, to you. and usually that happens when you're really good at it. And I think, you know, like on a resume, the hardest part for someone to write their resume is the beginning. They don't like to write about the good things that they've done because it, it's hard for people. It is. In fact, it's harder for women to pump themselves up and to say how good they really are because they don't feel comfortable doing that. It's true. And so having those conversations that you had with other people, you know, having them tell you what they see and then you listening to that and really absorbing that builds your confidence. And when you go out and try to have to sell yourself, it's a lot easier to sell yourself when you're pumped up. Right. It is. It's true. That really, it gave me 
a breath and the confidence to say, I can find something. I have a lot to offer. You know, and it's like in my mind, I've always been a little bit cocky and I always felt that I did have a lot to offer, which is why, you know, people at work make me so mad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just that whole seeing it from the outside and saying, okay, how can I bring this and help these people that have this listing, who these people who need this type of employee, you know, how do I fit with that? And then when you started to work with me on redoing my resume to put those key keywords, the core competencies up in the top. Yep. Um, And I, I thought, well, I don't know. I, I, core competencies. I've never said that in my entire life. I've never asked anyone, what are your core competencies? You know, so I was like, I don't know about this, but you know what? It, it really worked. And, and I found that even though, you know, you're looking at the listings, you're changing those things for, it wasn't a lie. They were real things that I had to offer. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes my resumes looked a little different from each other, you know, but they were all real things that I could do and that I could offer. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I am going to head towards customer service and that type of thing. But I wanted, but I'm going to try and find something that's not like an entry level position where the description tells me that there's something I can get my, you know, get my teeth into. And I just started reading and reading and reading and when I finally hit the ground with that resume, I was a month out. It was a month to the day since I was laid off. That's how long it took. I mean, you, I think I worked with you over a couple of weeks. Yep. And you were getting Thank nervous. And, and, I, and I'll say it again. Anybody who's listening, <laughs> Karen saved my butt, okay? <laughs> From, you know, withering on the ground and just being completely gone. And so, I did not pay um, you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it took you about a month. And and then what started to happen? What started to change? Well, I think because I was so prepared and I'd done a lot of research and I worked every day like a job. If I was just looking at listings, I looked at listings for hours. I went, mm-hmm. took a lunch break. Sometimes I even forgot to do that. And then I go back. I don't think there were many days, except for the weekends, that I worked less than four to eight hours on getting a job. Wow. Uh, Mostly it was six to eight hours a day that I worked. I made myself get up in the morning, most mornings with an alarm, and, you know, got up, got dressed, sat down in front of the computer and just go, you know. So when I finally did get a resume out, two days later, I got a call. Every, every time I sent out resumes, I got something, you know, so every day I was cranking out, you you don't send out as many as you think because you're being selective, you know, and you're gearing everything. So that takes a little time. Well, and you want to do that. So, so for the people that are sending out dozens and dozens and dozens, become more selective by doing your research ahead of time into the companies that you really want to target and then to the jobs that you really want to target I think yes. you have more success. Yes. I, I, really I did do that in every single job listing that I looked at that appealed in any way. I went on their website, looked at what was on the website, read it. What do the words say? Does it sound like human beings wrote it? 
You know, what do the pictures look like? Do they all look like they're supermodels? Do they look, how do the people that are supposed to be employees look? Do they look happy? You know, I mean, really, you can tell things from looking at websites. Oh, absolutely. If it's all all just staged and models and, you know, or real, just kind of chop, chop, chop type writing. I mean, you can tell a lot about a company by going through their website and looking at what they offer and how they talk about their company. So how long did it take you from um, starting to send out resumes to getting that interview with the company that you really wanted and getting that offer? How would you, how long do you think that took? Well, (laughs) let's see. I came, I came across their ad actually early on and I had saved it. And the company I work for now is an appraisal company they do appraisals and home inspections across the country for lenders and brokers and insurance agencies. And this is a huge company. They had a customer evaluations, customer service representative job listed. And I was like, something about the way they described how they wanted people who were empathetic and would listen and work with. And there was a lot to the job. And some of it, I was like, well, you know, I don't know a thing about appraisals, but I do have the real estate thing. And and I was like, I just don't know about it. I'd take it and I'd put it aside again and I'd go apply to other things. From the time I actually started sending out a resume to the time that I hooked up with them, it seems to me, um, well, I was out of work two months exactly. I lost my job April 15th. I started at Mueller Reports on June 15th. Wow. Yeah. So it was about oh, four and a half, maybe four or five weeks of looking by the time I got on the phones. They called me. Did We did a phone interview one day. I talked to uh, my direct supervisor the first day. The second day, I talked to him and the department director, and two days later, they offered me the job. Wow. And and it is what I was hoping for. Yeah. I don't, I'm actually not on the phones as much. They, it's more, you're more online. And one of the things that's always been a big deal for me in sales that I always felt was really responsible for my success was that I follow up with people. I don't leave them hanging. I get back to them right away. Mm -hmm. If they need more, I'm going to get back to them with whatever that is. It's a big, big thing for me. Everybody hates to be kept waiting and most companies make you wait. So don't do that. Anyway, this company is all about following up. (laughs) It's what they do. You're working as a go-between between lenders and brokers and the inspectors and appraisers that are out in the field. You're making sure that their order, their report is getting done from start to finish as fast as it can be done. And and so you're their liaison. You're in constant communication every day with that lender and that appraiser or, or the field rep or the manager of that territory. You're constantly back and forth what's happening with this. And then you're telling the lender And then you're back to your people and you're saying, well, how come, you know, you're trying to learn about what's going on with them so that you can tell the lender your job is being done. You're going to get your product on this day, your report, et cetera. And it's um, very satisfying. And you do get calls. You do talk to people. It's not like outbound sales, um, you know, and that could be from any number of people. Was this a a 
good decision to make a change at the moment that you had to decide, do you stick with something that you knew and were comfortable with or try something different? Looking back, are you glad you did it? I am so glad I did it. I'm so much happier, so much less stress. Um, Not that it's without stress. No job is without stress. The people I work with are, that I work for, let me say first, they're so mellow. It's so different than being in a sales atmosphere where everybody's like, (laughs) you know, and and you're not going, oh my God, the $45,000 sale I was going to make. They just said, oh, we never said that. You know, I mean, it's like that horrible feeling of panic when your sales are are not happening and you've done everything right. You know, this is different. This is, you do everything right and the right stuff happens. And a great um, feeling. My manager is an absolute, I mean, you're not supposed to call your manager a doll, but you know what I mean? He's a sweetheart. He's so mellow. Everybody can, we can all joke around with him. He jokes around with us. His mother brings us desserts every Thursday. <laughs> Today we had three kinds of cookies. And it's like, she is amazing. Wow. So um, we have a lot of fun. We really do. It's a real mellow atmosphere. I wear jeans every day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, shorts in the summer or whatever. Oh, that's great. When a client calls me and says that they got their job, you know, the dream job that they wanted or new change in career. And then I check back with them in a month, two months, three months. And, you know, they're just, they're happy. I can't tell you how that makes me feel. I mean, it, it propels me to the next person and the next person and the next person because it's such a great feeling. I mean, I'm as happy and excited for my clients when they when they hit it big because I know you, I it, can it tell. makes me it, it just it's great. Like I, I want everybody to love what they do. And if I can get one more person on my team <laughs> that loves what they do, you know, that's one more person out there that on Sunday night, they're not dreading Monday morning. And th- to exactly. me, that's huge. I no longer dread Monday mornings. That's I great. I do not. It's just a different feeling. So, you know, this is my my signature question. What are three tips that you could give somebody right now that's listening to you that's maybe been laid off, maybe furloughed, has always thought about changing a career or a job, but is comfortably stuck? What tips, what three tips would you give somebody like that? First of all, it is really important to regroup for a few days. Just let kind of clear your head. And then, like I said earlier, do something, take action. Even if it's just opening up your resume, your old resume, or looking at resumes online, start to form something in your mind of, you know, what do you need to look like before you go out there? And that's, like you said, that is a really hard thing to do. And reach out for help. Reach out for help. Don't be afraid to go to a professional. If there's money involved, you know what? It's going to pay itself back. Do your research. Read. You know, like when I was looking for a consultant, I read those websites too, just like I did the ones I was applying for. There you were, be a wonderful human being. So um, (laughs) take action, do something helpful for yourself. Find people who can talk to you about what you need, what's out there, how to take steps and work it like a job. Work it like a job. Don't throw one in here and throw it in there. You lose your rhythm. 
and you miss things that way. It was lucky for me during that time that you got this extra money and everything. Actually, that's another story, but um, <laughs> have the severance and be able to Keep you know, going. not sweat that too much. But you work it like a job and you will not be unemployed for very long because people are hiring. You think they're not, but they are hiring. They really are. There's a lot of jobs out there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And something else that you said that kind of stuck out to me was that you set the alarm and you would get up. I um, got up every day. Most days, there yeah. were days when that did not happen. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but but most, most days, Monday to Friday, I set an alarm, got up, got dressed. And keep keep the routine going. Yeah, because if you're in your pajamas all day, you don't feel like you're being purposeful. You know what I mean? Yeah, a pajama absolutely. day is something else. If I have a pajama day, I'm sitting in the chair all day with movies or a book or something. That's a pajama day for me. <laughs> like Christmas day is a pajama day. Okay? That's the official day. Yeah, but if I don't put some jeans on or something that's clothing, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, wash my face and just, you know, feel alive. Yeah. So those were those were key things. Get up out of bed, do something, work it like a job and don't be afraid to ask for help. Well, I think that that's all extremely important advice, very helpful, supportive. I know with the pandemic, a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have been laid off. A lot of industries are still in limbo, not sure whether they're going to be coming back full or, you know, capacity or not. I really believe that this podcast can help people think about where they are. I'm sure your story, there are so many parts of your story that ring true for so many people. So I hope that our conversation inspires somebody just to take some steps and see where it goes. I, I don't know if you felt it, but did you feel as though when you started, when you started to look, get your desk ready, when you started to pull out your resumes, started to do some research, the momentum started, the idea of just keep going forward, the first step is usually the hardest. I think probably maybe the first couple days like after I pulled the resume out and seriously started going through those folders, I, you know, I keep things in different versions and so on. I would go oh, and I put it down and then I just get on the computer and start looking at Indeed and Monster.com. Mostly I use Indeed uh -huh. because they pull in so much stuff from everywhere. Yep. That to me was more fruitful in the beginning. Okay. Because I was just going, okay, well, what is out there and reading and just researching and thinking. Then I'd go to the folder and I'd go, oh, God. And I put that aside. <laughs> I go back to the computer again. But so I started to collect and think, okay, so I got to look this way if I want to get this kind of job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's when I knew that if I was having so much trouble looking at my own resume, that I better get somebody to help me. <laughs> I sure wasn't going to be able to do it myself. I'm really glad that it did. And I'm really glad that I think from just, you know, perspective from where I'm standing, you did everything right. I mean, you really worked hard. And it might have felt like it was taking a, a longer time for you. But it, it really wasn't. It, you did all the steps. And sometimes you have to go through some of those interviews or conversations about other positions, so that when the right one comes along, you know it, you can feel it. 
and you know that it's the right one. And so I'm so glad it all worked out and that you're happy. And you can tell that you're happy. You can tell that you really like what you do, which is, you know. (laughs) I do. I really do. I do. I, I enjoy being there so much. My boss is into having fun. He's into everybody having fun and not in a corporate, well, let's do this today kind of contest way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like he'll walk around the office with his mother's cookies and go, okay, cook. You know, and it's like, he's the best. He's just the best. And um, I want to get you know, a job there. <laughs> oh, he's so mellow. Oh, come on in. <laughs> they're, they're, they're expanding, actually. Well, they that's, that's good ranked. to know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, so, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate oh, that, you, thank you. that you took the time thank you. to do this because I really do appreciate it. It's been great knowing you, meeting you, and I know that we'll stay connected, but I I am thrilled that you're you're in the place that you're at and you're so happy. So, But thank you. So for those that are listening to this podcast, and if you're tired, frustrated, you feel stagnant in your current career, and you've thought about finding something that challenges or excites you, then contact Sharp Human Resources. We can certainly help you through guided assessments, conversations, research that you can explore and discover new career paths. Sometimes you just need someone to talk things through with, be given direction, and then things start to fall into place. So do yourself a favor, go to sharphumanresources-buffalo.com and contact us today. Until next time, Be kind, everyone. We need to show a lot more kindness in the world, and it starts with you and I. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.